Welcome to the sermon webcast of Good News Lutheran Church of Mount Horeb, Wisconsin. The following sermon was preached on Maundy Thursday, April 13th, 2017, on the basis of selected verses from John chapter 13. There's pretty good consensus in our country that monopolies are not good for the economy. When one person or one company becomes in complete control of a particular product or service, It has the effect of eliminating competition and as a result often leads to high prices and inferior products. That's why all the way back in 1890, the United States Congress passed what is known as the Sherman Antitrust Act, giving our government the ability to go after any company that seems to be attempting to establish a monopoly. Out of all the things that we we disagree about politically and and economically, there seems to be pretty good agreement that if there's a good or a product or a service that benefits people, it ought to be available from multiple places and ought to be obtainable in multiple ways. Well, out of all the goods, out of all the products, out out of all the commodities, so to speak, that that people would probably bristle at the thought of one person being in sole possession of, one person having a complete monopoly over, maybe love would be right at the top of the list. I mean, all of us come into this world needing love. All of us spend a good amount of our time going after finding love. And conventional wisdom seems to suggest that a person ought to be able to pursue and find love in whatever way and in whatever place he or she sees fit. And so the idea that that one person would have sole possession of this commodity, this sought-after product called love, not only sounds absurd, but, but kind of rubs people the wrong way, sounds a bit offensive. And yet that's exactly what Jesus said the night before he died. Did you catch that? Jesus said to his disciples, a new command I give you, love one another. As I have loved you, so you must love one another. In other words, you've probably heard of love before. You've probably even seen love and maybe even think that you found love, but, but now I have a new version of love, a new and improved version that belongs solely and exclusively to me. Then he goes on to say, By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. In other words, if you have this unique kind of love, this new and improved love, if you show this love to others, then everyone will know exactly where it came from. Everyone will know exactly to whom you belong. Jesus is really claiming to have a complete monopoly on love. Why is that important? Well, if love really is something that we come into this world desperately needing, if it's something that we spend a lot of our lives looking for, if love really would improve our marriages, our families, our workplaces, and even just our society in general, and Jesus is claiming to be the sole possessor of a very unique and very special kind of love, then that's, that's a pretty significant claim. As we examine that claim by looking at these words from John chapter 13 tonight, we realize right off the bat that that John's account of this last evening that Jesus spent with his disciples is very different from the other three that are found in Matthew, Mark, and Luke. First of all, John is the only one who doesn't 
mention Jesus' institution of the Lord's Supper. And second of all, John is the only one who talks about this foot washing incident. And what's really interesting is how John introduces this episode. He says this, Jesus knew that the hour had come for him to leave this world and go to the Father, having loved his own who were in the world, he now loved them to the end. Literally, John is saying that that Jesus had already shown love to his disciples, but now, now as his time on earth drew to a close, Jesus is going to show them his love to the fullest. He is going to show them the full extent of his love. And so he does that by washing their feet. Kind of a strange example of what love really looks like, right? What makes that the quintessential example of what Jesus defines as love? Well, let's think about it for a little bit. First of all, consider the circumstances that night. In just a few short hours, Jesus was going to have the weight of the entire world's sin placed on his shoulders. He was going to be arrested. He was going to be tortured. He was going to be nailed to a cross. He was going to literally go through the very essence of hell itself by being separated and forsaken by God his Father. Do you think that Jesus maybe had a few reasons to be a little bit preoccupied? Do you think we could have given him a free pass if he would have just said, I I need to be alone by myself. I, I can't deal with you guys right now. I just need to be alone with my own thoughts. And yet, no, even with all of that coming up, who is on Jesus' mind? His followers. And in fact, from the rest of what John tells us about that night, we know that also on Jesus' mind that evening were all believers of all times, including you and me. Jesus has so much that is in front of him, and yet what is he thinking about? Not, not himself, but you and me. The circumstances of this act make it a perfect example of this unique kind of love. Second of all, consider the act itself, the act of washing someone's feet. And in Jesus' day, that was a very normal and, in fact, necessary event, that after a day of walking around on the dry and dusty roads of Palestine, when you, when you finally came inside for the day, you needed your feet to be washed. You maybe know that this was an act, this was a task that was usually reserved for the servants. And I think we can understand why, Right? I mean, we don't consider feet to be especially attractive or appealing, but imagine a culture where there are no pedicures. Imagine a culture where there are no cushy cotton socks or comfy air-injected shoes. Imagine what feet were like in Jesus' day. It's no wonder this was reserved for the servants. It's no wonder none of the disciples wanted anything to do with this. But not Jesus. He was willing to stoop as as low as needed to be done. The act itself makes this a perfect example of that unique kind of love. Finally, consider the recipients. The people that Jesus did this for. His 12 disciples. Sure, they had their moments. They were Jesus' most loyal followers, I guess you could say. but, But during these last 12 hours of Jesus' life, they were at their absolute worst. John goes out of his way to tell us that Judas was still in the room when this happened, so Jesus even washed the feet of the man who would betray him. At one point in the meal, the rest of the disciples got into this petty little argument about which one of them was the greatest. At one point, 
All of them would eventually desert him later on in the evening, and Peter would deny that he even knew Jesus. These are the people whose feet Jesus washed. Betrayers and deniers and deserters. So the recipients of this act make it a, a perfect example of this unique kind of love. Are you beginning to understand why Jesus can claim to have a complete monopoly on this specific kind of love? I mean, the love that we find all over the world around us, the love that we are by nature very good at giving, and, and the love that we can very easily find in our world is, is not at all like this. I mean, how easy is it for us when, when we have a lot going on, when we have a lot on our plate to be completely unaware of what anyone else might need around us? In fact, the more that we have going on, the more distracted we are by our own things, the less aware and less concerned we become about the people around us. Or how about this? How, how good are you at showing acts of love, doing acts of service that aren't just the big and the grand acts, the ones that come with with a lot of recognition and a lot of applause, but, but the ones that are very lowly and very humble. The ones that are no fun and come with no fame. Are you quick to jump at the opportunity to be the one to clean the bathrooms in your house? Or the one to make lunches for the kids? Or the one to let someone else listen to their favorite song on the car trip? Or the one to let someone else go in line first, the one to let someone else have their pick of, of the two pieces of cake that are left for dessert. And finally, how good are you at showing love to people who deserve just the opposite? When the kids don't seem to appreciate anything that you do for them, when a friend makes fun of you in, in front of the rest of your friends, when a coworker takes credit for something you've done or makes your job more difficult, how, how good are you at showing love for people who deserve just the opposite. We can begin to understand why Jesus says, this is unique, this is special, this is rare. And it kind of leads to the question, well then, how do we get it? Well, there's one more important factor that we need to consider about what Jesus did that night, and it's, it's the person doing it. It's the identity of Jesus himself. I mean, this wasn't just a, a friend who did this for his other friends. This was the almighty and beloved Son of God stooping down to wash their feet. And yet far from this being another example that, that really illustrates the character of true love, that one important fact really illustrates its source. In other words, Jesus didn't wash his disciples' feet in spite of who he was. Jesus washed his disciples' feet because of who he was. And here's how John describes that. He says, Jesus knew that the Father had put all things under his power and that he had come from God and was returning to God. So he got up from the meal to wash their feet. Jesus knew exactly who he was. He knew exactly where he was from. He knew exactly where he was going. And that's why he was able to wash their feet. That's why Jesus is able to claim this monopoly on love, because only someone who is that self-assured, only someone who knows exactly where they stand with the one person whose opinion matters most, only someone 
whose heart is completely satisfied and completely full. In other words, someone who needs nothing from the people around them. Only a person like that can turn around and so selflessly, so willingly, so humbly serve them. That's why Jesus was able to claim this monopoly on love because he knew exactly who he was, he knew where he was from, he knew where he was going, and that's why he was able to show that love to others. But so that brings up the question again, how do, how do we get that? Well, it's maybe worth pointing out that, that in our country's history, not all monopolies have been bad. In fact, in the early days of our country, monopolies like uh, Standard Oil and American Telephone and Telegraph, you know them as AT&T, those giant companies that completely dominated the market actually served a good purpose. They were instrumental in developing a, a, a nationwide system for energy production and communication. They made advances in those areas that were far greater than if you had all kinds of little companies who were engaged in cutthroat competition against one another. So a monopoly can be good if the person who holds it is good and benevolent. So let me ask you this, if, if Jesus holds the monopoly on love, and he, if he's demonstrated that monopoly in this way, how do you think he's going to use it? Well, naturally, he, he's going to give it away freely. And in fact, that is why we are here this evening, because Jesus is here to share that with us. I mentioned before that John's account of this meal with Jesus and his disciples is the one gospel writer who does not mention the institution of the Lord's Supper, and part of the reason for that is because by the time John wrote his gospel, Matthew, Mark, and Luke had already been written for a couple of decades, and so the account of, of Jesus instituting Holy Communion was widespread and well-known. And yet, as we think about that fact this evening, we see that not only is that a, another demonstration of Jesus' love for us, it's really Jesus sharing with us the very thing that he possessed that enabled him to show love to one another, to other people. Think again about the circumstances. This night, just like that night, Jesus has a few things going on. I don't know if you knew this, but Jesus is responsible for making sure that a meteor doesn't fall on your house and crush you this evening. Jesus is responsible for making sure that the planets stay in their courses and don't go colliding into one another or getting sucked into the sun. Jesus is responsible for managing every raindrop that falls down to the earth and it caring for every bird that flies in the sky. Jesus is responsible for all of that. And yet this night too, he, he's concerned about you. And he wants to serve you. And not just with a little bit of his time, not just with a little bit of advice. Jesus is going to, to give us himself. He's going to give us his body and blood. Considering the circumstances, that's amazing. And if you think that washing someone's feet is a little bit lowly, Considering the, consider the lowly way in which Jesus is going to serve us this evening. He's going to take his body and blood and he's going to deliver it to us, deliver it to us in bread and wine. Not fancy, rare, expensive food, but, but the basics. The staples of a diet in Jesus' day. And he's going to give us his body and blood and bread and wine. Not to bow down and worship it. Not to take it home and put it in a safe not to build a trophy case around it or erect an entire church in its honor. He's going to give it to us to eat and to drink. To do with his body and blood the very same thing that we do with our M&Ms and our Mountain Dew. Why? 
because he wants those things to be ours, to become a part of us in a way that no one can ever take them away. And then consider the people for whom he was doing it. Just like those disciples, at times betrayers and deniers and deserters, people who deny Jesus when we're afraid of of some pushback or some ridicule for speaking up, people who desert Jesus when temptation comes calling, people who at times betray Jesus, who, who hand him over, who hand him over in exchange for just a little bit more fun, a little bit more sleep, a little bit more money, a little bit more TV, a little bit more sports, whatever the case might be. And yet in spite of all of that, Jesus wants to be here with us to serve us in that way also that we can possess the very same thing that he possessed. To know with absolute certainty exactly who we are, exactly where we're from, and exactly where we're going. To know exactly where we stand with the one person whose opinion matters most. To be so completely full, all of the desires of our heart satisfied, so that we can then turn around and serve one another. I don't know about you, but it sounds pretty, like pretty good news that Jesus has the monopoly on love because he not only demonstrated that love that night, but this night he shares it with us. Amen. Thank you for listening. For more information about Good News Lutheran Church, visit www.goodnewslc.org.